0: Welcome to The Real Deal, where we get real about what it takes to succeed. Whether it's wealth, health, relationships, or finding your purpose, we talk to the masters to uncover the secrets to defying the odds and creating your own rock star legacy. legacy. I'm Doug, and after working on multiple Grammy-winning records as an author, transformational speaker, and your personal trans coach, I'm committed to your growth and success. And now, here's The Real Deal. Welcome everyone to The Real Deal on Success. So, allow me to introduce my friend, Cesar Espino. He was born in Mexico City, and as a kid was born into a corrupted society, into a poor family, and to just one parent, his mom. And at the age of four, Cesar had to start working, at four, gang, to start working to survive financially. He migrated here to the States at the age of 10 for the second time, we're gonna learn about this, and through his teens faced some uh, many obstacles. One was acceptance. Being accepted by others is a need, as we know, but it goes far deeper than that, doesn't Another was having another child at the age of 16. And then in his early 20s, made had uh, many more challenges, and one of these bad decisions led him to end up in jail for anger issues. His life's been a roller coaster between success and down points. We all know about that. He has an MBA, worked in corporate America, and has had really great jobs. Yet, as he got older, he felt he was was there was much more for him and if you're like all of us we all have something deeper inside to bring out and we'll discuss this of course and he felt so there was so much more for him and decided to take that leap of faith and jumped into becoming a full-time entrepreneur he's now a number one best-selling international published author a co-author real estate investor business coach and consultant and an nlp practitioner like myself Caesar's passion now is to share his story to empower, inspire, and aspire others, and he does this through his messages, through his stories, his books, his mentoring, and all of his other offers. So, with that being said, welcome Caesar Espino. Welcome, welcome, Doug. Man, I gotta tell you, like that's the best uh,
1: introduction I've ever gotten. I think, like that's like it. Like all day. You okay, <laughs>
0: you're awesome, man. <laughs> Awesome, thank you. So let's uh, let's catch up. Tell me your story. I mean, this is pretty yeah. impressive. Um, very few people can uh, share their uh, their situation that they were working at such a young age. And and what exactly does that mean? I mean, yeah. how does one find a an opportunity at four? <laughs> right, exactly. I don't know if it
1: was an opportunity or it was more of the uh, the society and just kind of forcing you to to do that. Um, nevertheless, uh, I always talk about the, the the idea of who I am now is because who I was in the past, right? And um, as you mentioned, I was born in Mexico City, um, and I only was born to just one parent. I never met my, my biological father. Do not know his name. I don't know anything about him. Don't even care at this point, and that's fine. Except uh, growing up as a kid, uh, we you know, my family was poor. We didn't really have anything to show for. And, you know, it was my mom, my my mom's mom, my grandma, my older brother, and myself. And we all lived in this place, what I call home, which was literally a 250 square foot uh, room, I guess. And it was made out of, a, of a plywood, sheet metal, uh, no electricity, no water, and just on the dirt. Yet we call it home. And... I guess one of my first turning points, or how what forced me to get into working, is that um, four months right after I, I turned four, my mom decided to take her own leap of faith by coming to the states so that she can give us a better life. Because we were again, we didn't have anything, right? And and nevertheless, she left. At that time, I didn't understand why. And you know, to a kid, you're like, what did I do? Did why is my what mom leaving
0: you? In yeah, Mexico. exactly. Wow.
1: Yeah, exactly. She left in, Me- in, in Mexico. And so you're thinking like, what, what did I do? What did I do something wrong? And so nevertheless, she left uh, Mexico and it was just my, my mom, uh, my, my grandma and my older brother. And we stayed behind. Well, because of that, we were forced to start working to to make some some money. Right. I was not like a normal kid. And what I mean by that is I didn't have the luxury of going to school, coming out of school, playing with the kids, or doing any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandmother was very uh, firm on education, so she wanted us to go to school, except we come from school, we did our homework, we ate whatever we had to eat, and then we had to work. Uh, we used to sell um, donuts and, and bread and a bunch of other things at the flea market uh, for for several years. And um, th- we didn't do too good on that, I said, and we graduated. And then we ended up getting, getting a sewing machine. So I know how to sew clothes. So if you ever need something for like, you know, Halloween, let me know. <laughs> I'm sure I can put something together.
0: <laughs> you still, um, do you still to this day sew? And, no,
1: no, I, I, you know what? The last time I did, I actually I did something for a friend of mine, maybe about five years ago, a little bit more, maybe six years ago. I actually did two adult um, uh, Halloween customs and they came out pretty good. And, and, uh and uh, Princess Jasmine. And it actually came out pretty good. So I guess I still have some skills. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we're doing sewing. So my, my brother, my grandmother, myself, we all had our own sewing machine. And so we we're doing that at an early age. And I remember there was times that I didn't want to do it. I wanted to go out and play with kids. And one time I did go out and play with kids and, and, you know, my, my grandmother went out and then pulled me and brought me in and, and started, you know, hitting me with the bells, like get back to work kind of thing. Again, I get it though. I understand wow. why, right? We, we didn't have that option. We didn't have the luxury. There was days we didn't have anything to eat. And I said, we had the Mexican specialty dish, which was a tortilla with a grain of salt. That's all we had. Wow. And, um, you know, we did that for, you know, for all my childhood. I didn't have a childhood. It wasn't until the age of, uh, well, the age of seven um my mom sent for us to come to the states and we came to the states definitely we came illegally we crossed the border and that's the whole story and that is on my book and we went through that um and we just came here for two months like literally for two
0: months and i'm thinking to myself like why why go through all that trouble did you know you were only going for two months huh? did you know at the time you're only going to go for two months or I did
1: i did i just
0: didn't think that she was going to follow through right and i think right. uh, i don't
1: know all the logistics of why that happened it was like that that fairy uh, tale uh, story t- telling where one day you have everything and the next day you wake up and now you're back you know heading back to, to your home country and doing the same thing all over again right and that happened we went back and, you know, reality sink in and we're doing the same thing. And then finally at the age of 10, she actually came to the States by then, by then, oh, sorry, she came from the States to Mexico. By then, she already had her, um, her legal status in the United States. So she was able to leave the country. And this time she's like, I'm, I'm here for you guys. We're not coming back. And, and at that time, I didn't believe it. I'm like, we, we, we went through this, you know, three years ago when I was right. seven, I don't believe it yet. We did. And, and 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 again that was a different story it took about just roughly about two to three weeks to cross the border there was a lot of a lot of crap happening in in in, in the way uh things that i didn't perceive seeing uh, it's funny and, and the only thing i can say is that the people that i quote unquote supposed to protect you that bring you from one place to another in mexico they call them coyotes or um human smugglers they're supposed to protect you were the same people that were hurting the people that were you know, passing over. Luckily, nothing happened to us yet. I saw so many different things, and it's crazy to see that. Uh, it's crazy to see how a lot of people are trying to find that American dream and are trying to go through that. And and again, they they people just take advantage of the situation. Nevertheless, it took us three weeks to cross the, the border, and I was here, at the age of ten, and I remember uh having some ideas and kind of going to the mind where like i felt like i was out of place i couldn't speak the language i have no friends i couldn't understand for the first time in my life i was in a place where there were more than just mexicans there was all these different societies or nationalities and i couldn't understand that where did you guys like
0: like land where were you living Uh, los
1: angeles okay yeah, Los Angeles, and I've been here since then. Um, and so, you know, I, I just didn't, I didn't fit in. And 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 so at that time, the person that I see as my dad, who's my stepdad, um, I I remember getting into a fight with him, and I'm like, you know what, you can't tell me what to do. You're not my father. Um, I don't want to be here. I don't belong here. And how here's my first lesson at that moment, I think. And 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 I'm glad they didn't send me back when I asked them to send me back. Otherwise, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Except. They sent, they didn't send me back. And then at that point, I, I, I realized that I had to surrender. I had to surrender to the process. I had to surrender that this was going to be my new reality, not surrender to give up, surrender to accept the fact that I have to adjust to this new lifestyle that I can I can either be miserable or I can try to fit in or do what I need to do to be part of this new community, this great nation. And so I did. At the age of 10, I surrender. I I was getting in trouble a lot, by the way. In in elementary, middle school, I was fighting, doing so many different things just because I was so angry. And finally, I surrender. And within two years of being in the States, um, I was in the top of my academics. I uh, I learned the language. I was doing really good. And I chose the path of success versus the path of drugs or gangs because I saw a lot of that in high school and middle school.
0: Um, and so when that- friends that, uh, that decided to go down that path mm-hmm. yeah. and like, how did you deal with, cause when you talk about acceptance and I, and we see this a lot in, especially what's going on now with the, the, like, it's even more polarized. Like you got to pick a side, right? It's, it's just, it's getting really crazy in that sense. But at, you know, here we are adults and we can, we, we can intellectualize it and we can see it from a different angle. When you were 10 12 14 and you saw your friends going down a path that you could have very easily gone down and felt love and felt connected and and certainly been accepted right but the sacrifice it would have made like what was that inside you because that's a unique thing at at that age that's how that's why people get sucked into it because they just want to feel part of something yeah how did you get that like that distinction and keep that leverage so that you were able to stay going down a path of of that success you know uh doing the right thing as opposed to you know going to the other thing sorry i'm just kidding
1: yeah yeah you know that's that's actually a good question and, and and you're right um we as people, we're always looking for that acceptance. And, you know, um, as you know, I also have a podcast and talking to different people. One of the things that um, I come across a lot, certain uh, people getting to negative influences or gangs or things of that nature, because they're missing that, or they're lacking that acceptance at home or they're trying to be part of a community. For me, Growing up, you know, I was very united with uh, my older brother and 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 my grandmother. You know, I, again, after my mom left us, it was really the three of us. You know, and 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 it was really the three of us making it or or not making it, right? And so, obviously, my brother was here, so I was very close to my brother from the time that I got here to about uh, I would say uh, twelve years, uh, 13, twelve to thirteen years. we very close, and 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 so that was my my go-to, right? And, and it was kind of like my my uh, my uh, connection in, in that level. My grandmother was on and off coming and going, yet I still had that connection. And then my parents, they obviously, they, they, they care for me, although just like any typical, um, you know, I guess Hispanic or even American family, you know, they're working all the time, right? They're, they're trying to provide for you. So you miss that. And I think that's where you have that missing link. And so, for the first couple of years, um, I was very connected with my brother. We'll uh, uh, walk together to school and, and come back and all that stuff. So I had that. It wasn't until after the fact that he ended up getting a, a, a scholarship to attend uh, one of the top uh, high schools in the U.S. and moved to Minnesota. And then I felt like I lost my best friend. And, and it is funny because there's a lot of things that, that have come up. And we'll get to this in a second. Yet there's a lot of things that have that have come up the last two, three years um, that I didn't see until, de- until literally two, three years because of the fact that how I was wired as a kid, the abandonment, you know, the that NLP aspect that we're talking about. It. And I realized that although my brother had nothing to do with it, he was my best friend, yet he left.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I even talked to him about it. And, and sure enough, that came and, and brought some emotions. When that happened, um, I was still very involved with school. And at that point, I was very involved with school. Um, don't get me wrong. I was hanging around with people sometimes that there were... Um, trying to uh, cause trouble yet. I didn't want to be part of that. At one point I was with uh, a group of people and they were tagging. I'm like, ah, you know, this is not for me. And I can see them tagging. And I'm like, I pick up the pen and I am like, should I tag too? And I'm like, no, that's not for me. Uh, a second time I was playing basketball with somebody and then there there's like this gang that wanted to fight. And then my friend pulled up his backpack and he gets a, a, uh, a, a big old knife. And I'm like, I don't want part of this. And so I ended up going into the other direction, yet there was a lot of influences. There was a lot of, uh, a lot of those things were, no, this is, you know, trying to bring you in like that magnet, trying to Mm -hmm. pull you in, you got to be able to choose. And I, and, and I learned this now, more so now the, the choices and the decisions that we make today will determine the quality of life that we have tomorrow. Definitely I made a lot of choices and decisions that took me uh, on that path of roller coaster. yet, I also learn a lot of things from that. And just like anything that we go through through our past is it's a education, is a lesson. We have to be able to extract those lessons and understand what can I learn from this experience. And so I did a lot of that throughout my, my years.
0: that's amazing because as you, you know, you see children who their deepest need is that connection, you know, you're you're offering such a light to other Young men and women who may be a little confused about what to do—they're seeing a lot of opportunity to go down a path that may not be sustainable, but it—it's like an, it's like addiction. It's like it's like getting that high of of being right. accepted and that rush and all of that. Yet it's going to have long-term impacts. So you know, on behalf of the universe, uh, you know, and yeah. God, thank you for sharing your story and not yeah, going yeah. down uh that path so wh- when was it that you decided to um well embrace entrepreneurship and like it's so like talk about that that roller coaster of uh you know obviously you went down a path to get a, a, a job and then decided that that wasn't for you yeah i mean I, I think um
1: looking back now i think i was always i always have that mind of um you know, I am an entrepreneur. I am this person. I, I was that born to just do the nine to five and, and be uh, another body in this universe. I, I felt like looking back, I felt like, you know what, there's more for me. And and it wasn't until in, my late thirties that I realized that, you know what, there's something bigger and better for me that I have to go through. Even though I had a really good job, I was traveling all over the place. Uh, you know, I had a, all these things taken care of for what me. was the gig. I was working for uh, a logistics company in their corporate office, and I was in charge of all of their um, uh, project management, analytics, and uh, and also their market marketing. And so I was doing a lot of that stuff, and I was going all over, you know, the U.S. and internationally for some of the the, the locations. And so it, it was good, you know. I mean, you know, uh, I remember one of my very first trips. Um, I think it was in, back in two thousand five. In one of the companies, I went to Canada as a business trip. I'm like. I was 25. I'm like, dude, this is awesome. I'm 25 and I have an all pay expenses to a new country that I never been to. That was awesome. Then I get a, a, a paid trip to uh, Budapest uh, and I was like, that's awesome. And, and so again, it was like that lifestyle. I'm like, I love it. Yet I realized there was something bigger and greater for me. And I said, I have to take that leap of faith. Funny though, it took me seven months to be able to lift my job. The day that I said I was going to go give my two weeks, Um, I got cold feet, I I got, I got, I was afraid, I was fearful. And through that, I lost a lot of different things, people, relationships, all these different things, because I was trying to find myself and I was just so afraid so through that
0: during that seven, that seven yeah. months of yeah. trying to figure it out. It, it impacted those other areas of your life as well.
1: It, it did. It did.
0: I mean, uh, I had already started my my side business in real estate uh,
1: a couple of years back. So I was doing the real estate on the side. Plus, I was doing my corporate job. And, you know, there was uh, a lot of uh, moments of tension and 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 there was just so many different things happening that I ended up losing a 10 year relationship, um, which I know I could have saved. Yet I didn't save uh, for whatever reason. And, and through that, I was trying to find myself <clears throat> around that time is when I found Marshall. And so I was going through what I consider to be my dark places or my dark moments, not because I was doing drugs or anything like that, except I was lost up here and I was lost in, in just what I wanted to do. I was in that transition moment, right, of being able well, to.
0: And also, so let me get some mm-hmm. clarity as well. You have a, a child. I do. And boy or girl? It's a girl. Girl and so did you have custody of her during all of this? I did. I did. I did. So and that's another layer. That it is. I think is important because there are a lot of people who, you know, maybe right now hearing your story and can relate and go, oh, yeah, you know, I'd like to make that transition. And I'm, you know, all of that. And then they go, yeah, but I've got a child or I've and they start sharing some, you know, some stories as to, you know, why they are unable to make that transition. And I just want to also, you know, make add that layer that right. while you're doing all this, you're also, you know, you have that additional leverage of uh, taking a leap and it's not just like the short term, you you have things to consider. You have a child that you're raising, you had and taken care of and all that. So I just wanted to be sure that. Yeah, no,
1: definitely. And you know what?
0: And, and I'm going to go back a
1: little bit because I think this is a pretty good content too. You know, I was um, 15 and a half, just being uh, here five and a half years in the States. I was 15 and a half I say we, but it wasn't we, it was her. We got pregnant, right? Fifteen and a half, we got pregnant. I had my daughter when I was 16. And I I remember that moment as if it was yesterday. And I remember telling my my daughter's mom at that time, I said, you know what? I am going to do whatever it takes to make sure that my daughter does not have to go through the things that I went through as a kid. In other words, I want to make sure that my daughter has birthday parties. I want to make sure that my daughter has toys. I want to make sure that my daughter does not have to work the way I did as a kid. And, and that, again, going through that at 16 and a half, I was a kid having a kid.
0: Yeah. Since-
1: Yet I said, I got to continue to uh, to take care of my academics because, again, my family was very big on academics. And I did. I, I, I had all AP classes. At one point, I couldn't do it anymore. So I had to drop all my AP classes because I was I, it was just so much to do. And so um, I was doing that. And then I started working. I, I would uh, get up early in the morning, six in the morning, take the bus about an hour to get to school, get out of school, take another bus to go an hour to go work at a mall, then work all the way to 1130, come home, do my homework. I did that day in and day out. And and again, the point that I'm trying to make here is that I could have said, you know what, screw school, I'm not going to do this, or I'm going to go rob, or I'm going to try to throw to make money in different means for me was, no, I'm gonna go the hard way. I like this quote by Les Brown. "Um, If you do what is easy, your life will be hard. If you do what is hard, your life will be easy. I did a lot of the things that were really, really, really hard yet it's paying off because I'm so proud of my daughter now where she graduated, has her um, bachelor's degree um, she's working at a really good job in, uh, at, at Nike, doing all these different things. Like, she, you know, as a matter of fact, she actually co-authored in one of my first books uh, and has an amazing story, too, which I was so proud as a father. I'm like, that's awesome. Like having my daughter and myself in one of my books that was bestseller, like that's, that is amazing. Um, nevertheless, uh, taking that, that experience and everything that I've gone through, when I decided to take my leap, is like I'm doing this not just for me. I'm doing this because I want to continue to provide a better life for my daughter. Oftentimes, people ask, what is your why? What is your motivation? What is your inspiration? For me, it was beyond me. It was not just about me because I had a good life in terms of traveling all over the place, making good money, you know, what considers to be good money. And it wasn't really about that. It was about just having a good time. Yet my health wasn't the greatest. My stress levels were up the roof. Um, I felt like I was a walking bomb. Like every time we'll go get a uh, check for my, uh, how I'm doing and all that stuff is like, dude, you're like high cholesterol. The the good one is bad. The bad one is bad. It's like, you're about to blow up you know, <laughs> kind of thing. And, um, and I said, well, it took me seven months to finally do it. And when I did, um, I felt this sense of relief and I'm like, all right, I'm going to venture out 100% into real estate. That's what I was doing at that time. As an investor pro- or an agent? Yeah. No, an investor. I was flipping uh-huh. properties flipping properties, doing that. Um, And then through that journey, it's amazing how you start discovering more things. And I learned a few things and I talk about it in my very first book. And what I talk about is I had to, uh, Jim Brown says, for things to change, you have to change. So I changed a lot of things. I don't watch any of this BS politics and nothing against that. I don't watch TV anymore. There's so many negative programs, as you know, what you put in your in your mind is what's going to be portrayed out into the universe. And so I stopped watching the news. I stopped watching things that were not serving me. I started reading something that I didn't do in the past. Um, I started doing affirmations. I started listening to audio uh, podcast or audio books like I, I literally changed 100 percent. I made a, a, a change on a lot of those things. And how long ago was that? This was probably about, um, I started that journey maybe about 40 years ago, three, three, three to four years. Yeah. And, and so I went through all of that to rediscover myself and said, okay, this is my new path. And through that, I realized that, hey, what about if I write a story? What about if I write my memoir of who I am and, and all, all, everything that I've gone through? And I talk myself out of it. We oftentimes do this. hmm we have all these voices in our head. And, 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 and my, my, in my head, it was telling me, Caesar, you're not a writer. Caesar, you don't know, uh, you don't like to read. Uh, who are you kidding? No one's going to buy your product. You know, who is this for? And then I talked myself out of it. And, you know, I I, I said, you know what? Yeah, you're right. I, I'm, I'm not a writer. I'm not going to do this. And I gave up. Two months later, I changed the frame. I changed how I saw it. And I'm like, so what if I'm not a writer? So what if nobody you know, reads or buys my book? What about if I do it because I want a self-accomplishment? What about if I do it because I want to leave something for my daughter so that she can remember who her dad was? When I change that frame, when I look at things differently, just like anything else we do in life, then you start uh, understanding and seeing that you can do things way better and you're actually going to follow through. And I did. I, did you I did do that it. on
0: your own or is that when you started, was that a, a product of your investing in yourself in in the personal development sense?
1: Yeah, th- th- that was part of that. It was during that journey. I was already a full-time entrepreneur um, and it was through that moment of uh, self-development, doing a lot of networking and just kind of getting that. And, and, and I think that's also huge when you hang around with different kinds of people your level of vibration, the way you're thinking is like, it starts giving you ideas. And I'm like, what, I should write a book, you know? And and so I did that through that journey. And, and sure enough, I created a target plan. I don't call them goals. I call them target plans. So I created myself a target plan. and said, I want to be published by this date. And so through that, I kind of uh, went backwards and say, okay, if I want to have my book by this date, I need to have, I need to write X amount of pages per day. I'm old fashioned, so I, I typed them. Mm-hmm. And so I have to On type- a typewriter? No, no, no. I mean, it was (laughs) my computer and my work. Um, And so um, and so I said, you know, I, I need to write X amount of pages per day. And I did that. And guess what, man? When you create that definite plan, that purpose, you can get things done. I finished my book two months prior and my book got published two months prior. After it got published, I'm like, again, it was just for me. Yet seeing the people that ended up getting the books and people that I didn't even think of, giving me their comments and and their compliments and and some of their reviews were amazing. I was getting messages from people that I never met. And they're saying, you know, listening to your story and going through your story have changed my life. Um, I got one, uh, one kid, uh, he's probably now 17, maybe 18. At that time, he was like 15. And he said, wow, you know, I see, I'm seeing my life through you right now and how you went through going to jail and going through all this and having a kid at an early age and crossing the board, all this stuff. Like, wow, you've changed my, my point of view, many different things. And you have inspired me. And then that's when I, when it clicked, I'm like, I need to do more of this. I want to inspire people. And, and, and for me, my highest intention is to be able to do that. How can I serve, um, Six Sigler says, when you give enough people what you want, you're going to get everything that you want. So how can I serve? How can I give mm-hmm. more,
0: right? And so that's been my journey. Dude, that's so powerful. And and I love how well-read you are, that you're able to – like it's – obviously you're living. It's not like you've just read some of this stuff, but you're living it. You're applying it. It, it wasn't mm-hmm. shelf help, right, where right. you did there. And, and that's important because there are a lot of people – and we've all been guilty of it at some point. I mean, you've shared it. I'm sure you've purchased a book and, and you know yeah. put it on the shelf. I was going to be great. You get home and then squirrel,
1: right? Yeah, exactly. And you
0: just life shows up, and and that's brilliant. Um, so, I'm, I'm, we'll jump around a little bit, but I'd love to hear a little bit about you know if you if you'd be willing to share about you know what happened and that you lost so much control. That you created a situation where you ended up uh, doing time. Like what? What was that? How did you yeah. like? You know, when you look back at it, obviously, I'm sure you know you figured out where the, you know the the point was that there was no return and how to prevent yourself from doing that again. Clearly, um, but what happened? What impact did that have? Yeah, you know what? It,
1: it, it had a huge impact. Um, so. I think part of it and, and, and kind of looking, looking back now, um, again, growing up, coming to the States, not having a father figure up until the age of 10, really. Uh, I guess it, part of it was, and I'm not blaming that. I'm just trying, trying to put things into perspective. It was, again, I didn't have a father figure, so I didn't know how to be, um, I guess, a, a, a man in terms of controlling your temper or being able to treat people in certain way. And so for me, um, I I was always a very angry person, right? Again, coming to the States, not fitting in, I was fighting, arguing with people, getting to all these kind of arguments. And um, leading up into like my early twenties, you know, my my daughter's mom, we just got into so many arguments and several times. And then one of them was a really, really bad heated argument uh, that I take full responsibility. And I don't condemn anyone ever doing this yet for me at that moment in my life who I'm not that person anymore yet th- at that time, um, I just ended up beating her. And so that led me to a really bad situation where, uh, my, uh, brother's uh, wife at that time, they were, uh, staying with us, uh, called the cops on me and, 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 and I'm glad she did. I mean, I did, I did I did so much damage to my daughter's mom and my daughter being there that, um, that obviously led, uh, ended up me being in jail. And I remember that uh, <laughs> and I'm like, wow, what, what, what the F did I do? Right. And being locked up for several days, seeing your life being ripped off. I mean, I've, i worked so hard to this point. I've done so many different things to, to stay focused, to uh, graduate with honors, to go to college, to do all these different things, to be in jail. And, um, luckily, uh, and thank God my, my daughter's mom dropped the charges, although it was evident that she should have never done that. She dropped the charges. I came out, um, nothing, no charges for me. And I knew at that moment that I have lost my, my, um, my daughter's mom and, and also lost seeing my daughter every day because my, my daughter was going to go live with her. And, um, and so it was about five days that I was in jail, give and take. Um, The day before I got released, we're going to we're going to have a family trip to Mexico as my parents were going to we're going to renew their their uh, wedding vows. And I didn't think I was going to make it. That was going to be a huge moment for my parents. And and, and I wanted to be there. I'm glad I did. Uh, My daughter's mom flew to with us, too, because she was part of it. She flew yet after the wedding. She flew back to the States. And then I stayed behind uh, seven days with my daughter. And I already knew I'm like, you know what? I'm going to enjoy this moment. I'm going to enjoy the seven days with my daughter. Give her whatever I can because once I go back to the States, the reality is going to sink in. And sure enough, it did, and, you know, I came and my daughter's mom moved out of, out of her, uh, out of our place, uh, took my daughter. And then that was just another one of those major hits for me. And I'm like, you know what, I cannot, this this cannot be me. I have to change this. And and I started working on myself and I started doing different things and started staying focused on, on my work. Um, a little bit after that, I went back and got my bachelor's and I just, I started continuing to work on myself constantly, constantly,
0: constantly. Uh, yet I lost a lot for sure. So how did you do that? Because as I'm sure you've seen, and, and we've all seen people who oftentimes when a thing like that happens, they can just throw their hands up and give up. And sure. you know, that's it, all is lost. You know, screw it. I might as well just, you know, give up. Um, and people do it for less than what you experience because, you know, clearly you're a, you know, a, a very loving man. You you have, you know, morals. You have, you know, obviously you made mistakes and, and you like, and by the way, everyone does. Right. Um, but that like to then go like, I'm just visual. I, I was just imagining it. Like while you were sharing that story, I'm, I'm thinking like my daughter's seven. And I'm going, like, I don't know how I'd recover from myself to violate my value system so much to then create that environment and have you know my daughters like you know just it's in such conflict of my internal thing and I I would just my I I didn't my the pain I was feeling going I, I I don't know how I'd recover. Yeah. So. How did, I mean, that is so, that's so telling and, and so incredible. And I think, you know, it shows possibility that it doesn't matter how bad things get, mm-hmm. you can turn it around um, or, you know, and, and there you go, you know, turning point, we'll talk about Marshall, but <laughs> yeah. So, but like, talk about that, like at that time, how, <laughs> there had to have been times when you had a case of the ethics. There had to have been moments where you were like, wow, what, what am I going to do? Like, where did you find that faith, that certainty, that, you know, and how far along, I mean, this is, sounds like this is before you were deep into your personal development journey. Oh, way, way before that. Yeah. So, I was
1: so about 22, 22. Yeah, I mean,
0: that's, that's huge. How did you do that? Like what? Yeah. I, I think part of
1: it, um, there, there's a couple of different elements. The first one is, just spending that one week with my daughter, and, and, and I always go back to, like, to, to that, I think many of the things that I do is because of my daughter, like being able to make sure that I can provide and give. Just spending that one week with her, um, it, it really, really, you know, let me see things from a different perspective. Like, I didn't want to miss out on any of that. And I knew that I had to make changes so that when I went back to the States, I can still have that me and my daughter moment. Otherwise that would have changed. So I think that was a big, big aspect of that. The second thing was I had to look deep down in, in, in myself and said, not only have I let myself down, I left my, let my mom, my dad, my daughter, my daughter's mom, my friend, everybody, I've let so many different people down and I'm like, this is not me. You have to recognize and realize that, that, you know, in that heat of the moment you might be one person. That's what, that's why I go back to the point that I mentioned earlier is like, you know, the decision and choice that we made today will determine the quality of life that you have tomorrow. So you have to go back and think about it more than once. And so for me, it's like, I have to look deep down and say, no, this is not the life that I want. It wasn't easy. I mean, for sure, it wasn't easy coming back and seeing her leaving and, and only having my daughter once a week and then finally having her, you know, every other weekend and then once a week, all of that was very challenging. You know, I had very, uh, a lot of moments where I, I felt lonely. I felt like, what's the purpose, Right. And yet I went back to that. The purpose is that I have to take care of my daughter because that's the promise that I made to her when she was born. And I cannot do that. If I'm not a good father, I cannot do that if I'm you know, falling apart or if I'm not following through with different things, I have to be that example for her. And so for me, it was those two things. It's like looking deep down and understanding that, that, that I had a really good week, um, uh, that 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 week that I was there, I'm looking at some stuff right now that she made when I was there. I have them here in my office that she made uh, during that one week. I have a picture of her when we're taking a moment, you know, over there. And these are the things that remind me. I mean, we're talking about uh, uh, she was probably four or something like that. So we're talking about 21 years and I still have them here. And I cherish them because those are the things that kind of took me out of it. What is your why? What is your purpose? What do you want to do as you continue to get out of that? And you keep coming back to that and understanding that even though we're having these down moments, you have to realize that um, at the end of the day is whatever it is that brings you joy, do more of that so that you don't get stuck and and go down the wrong path. And and that's what I did. And luckily, I didn't go into drugs or gangs or any of that or or even uh, get into alcohol, any of that. It was it was at one point I was definitely depressed. I definitely was, you know, feeling lonely. Yet I keep going back to it, and seeing my daughter once a week was uh, more than any, more than enough at that moment.
0: Wow, I, I mean that's so powerful. I, I'm uh, it's so impressive, even at that young age, that you were able to do that because most twenty two year olds don't even have that sense of self where they're able to see the. The outcome that could happen in the future because, you know, we're unfortunately even more today than ever before conditioned into, you know, the now, you know, like being the present and all that. Yeah, get that. And your present is still going to be following you. So think about what, how are you going to set yourself up for? future present moments right. that are going to be bringing even more joy, even more of that. And that's, you know, th- that's the dance of, you know, of the, of being human with a timeline and appreciating that there is going to be consequences, good or bad right. for our act, our present activities. So are, are you, do you talk about this with your daughter now? Does it ever come up as like? <laughs> you know what, I don't
1: think I ever talked to her about it? Uh, I don't think I, I have. To be honest with you, um, I think it's one of those things we kind of just left. I mean, it's there; she knows. I mean, we all know it. Um, and uh, but I've never never talked about. It. I think it's still a sensitive subject, more for her, not so much for me. I think just because yeah. I've I've again I've done so much work on myself that I I've been able to see the good in everything. Right. And, and again, I, and I've taken I, the other thing too, by the way, everything that I've done, the biggest thing is you got to take full responsibility. Like mm-hmm. one of the first things to, that we get got to do as human beings to be able to move forward, whether it's your fault or not, it doesn't matter. You just got to take responsibility and, and acknowledge what took place. Once you can take responsibility, acknowledge and have that acceptance, then you can really step out of that and into something bigger and greater. Right. And, um, and so it doesn't matter whose fault it was just take responsibility. And so for me, I've taken full responsibility of all my actions. And, and to me, at least for me, it has given me the ability to be able to speak about it and be able to move forward.
0: Well, so right there, I mean, that's the transition from victim to victor is personal right. responsibility. And right. it's like to your point, it doesn't matter like what the circumstances were around it. There's always going to be a complex web of situations, contexts, and and opportunities that can be used to justify or explain or rationalize the behavior. And you said it yourself like, well, I didn't have you know, and you, you said, look, I'm not making an excuse my model at the time i didn't have a dad i didn't have a model and i no one ever taught me how to manage my rage and i'm not you're not justifying it just that, that was a situation so instead of blaming it he said i had to take personal responsibility mm-hmm. and say what's my role in this what can i do to improve the the man i am such that i can not do that again and more importantly perhaps help others to not go down that path by being an exemplar of possibility rather than a justification of the behavior. Um, And that's really powerful. And I wonder as well that your daughter, since you can't change what happened, obviously. Right. Also has also because of the, the, everything you've done since, you've proven what, uh, an ideal man is a value system, taking personal responsibility that, you know, that it's going to help her have very high standard of what she's willing to allow in her life. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, part of that too, is like, um,
1: again, once I took the responsibility, I'm, I'm really good friends with her mom. I, I've always been even, you know, maybe not the first couple of years cause we were going through all that transition. Right. I would say, by the time I was 25, we were really good, good friends, and we've been really good friends since then. And uh, to to my daughter's mom, and even my daughter and I, we are very very close. We're very very close, and uh, in, in many different aspects. And so I think it, it goes back to that is is being able to to have um, the ability to uh, to work together and to do things together. And sometimes back in the day, people will be asking us like you get along with her, you know, you go out with her, you, you, you know, you're doing things together. I'm like, why wouldn't I, you know, it's it's for the better good of our relationship and our, and my daughter. And I actually talk about this in my book. It's like, I I don't understand um, when people uh, have uh, this idea of I'm not getting along with you. And then there's kids involved. And then they stay together because of the kids, because they want to take care of the kids. They're, they're together miserable yet not realizing that they're making the, that situation even harder or they separate and they don't talk and they're always arguing and then the one that continues to to suffer is the kid. At the end of the day, you go back to that and I just don't understand the concept because again, I didn't do any of that. Even realizing what I went through with my daughter's mom, um, I've always looked at how can I help? How can I serve? How can I be there for for my daughter and for her even though I made all these different things that couldn't happen and to this day, we have that, that bond. And so I think that's probably a message for couples is that whether you're together or not, and there's a kid involved, your priority should be your kid and then everything else is going to fall through.
0: Amen, brother. So let's move into, uh, let's talk about Marshall, passion, passion power. So yes. how did you get into, like, was Marshall one of your, your earlier personal development yep. um, sort yeah. of uh Gurus, as it were, I hate using that word, but, uh, you know, mentors, cause I know you, you work directly with them now, but right. like, how did, how did you find what was Marshall you first or like what brought you to personal development?
1: Yeah. So, um, so I was already doing real estate investing. Um, I had already invested, uh, into a couple of programs back in the day. Um, I think at that time it was with my, my ex of 10 years, we we're watching, uh, the, uh, Home, home Shopping, no, HGTV, I think. I forget where they build houses. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, we are watching that program and, and, and she's like, hey, you know, we should go to, there's going to be an, an event uh, here in LA. Uh, we should go and check it out. And and I said, yeah, uh, maybe. I wasn't too happy with it because uh, I had already invested in real estate in, in 2005, 6 and 7 uh, on my own. So I started my, my my I guess, entrepreneurial journey early on while I was working and in 2007, eight, and nine, I had a couple of houses, rental properties out here in LA. And uh, I was doing good, yet you know, I, I didn't get no mentor. I didn't get nobody. I was doing everything on my own. And I felt like I got it. I'm 25, 26, 27. I had multiple houses. I'm good. Nobody was teaching me. And then, sure enough, with the uh, 28, uh, 2008 crash and 2009 crash, well, I went with it. I I foreclosed, I lost all my properties and it was like, I had to get out. I lost, you know, 10 years of bad credit and all that stuff. And, um, and so fast forward, uh, I think it was 2013 or 20, between 2013 and 2016, my girlfriend at times like, Hey, we should get into, we should go to this event. And right away, the, the, that, the negative uh, experience that I had came into play. And I'm like, I don't know if I should. You know, I already had bad experience real, with real estate. I lost it all. We went and we ended up buying a program into uh, how to become a flipper and and so on. So we started doing that and I enjoyed it. Uh, 20, I think it was 2016, maybe. Uh, there was a real estate wealth expo uh, in Los Angeles. So Tony Robbins, Marshall Silver, a bunch of speakers. There was a, probably about... Ten thousand people at, at that place. Um, I went there for uh, for uh, some of the speakers that were going to be speaking on real estate. It was a real estate world expo, right? So I'm doing I'm doing uh, real estate. And at that time, I didn't know, I, you know, who was Marshall. You never heard of him before. Yet I saw his his uh, hypnotic show uh, the day before, and I'm like, man, this is awesome. It was entertaining. I had fun. I enjoyed it. I'm like, this is fun. I definitely got to see it. And then at the end, he's like, by the way, I'm going to be teaching you this tomorrow, you know, for the first two hours or whatever. I'm going to be teaching this. Um, Make sure you're here. I'm like, you know what? I enjoy the show. It was very funny. It was entertaining. I enjoyed it. And I'm like, I got to be here for the, uh, what he's going to be teaching. There's going to be some great stuff. And sure enough, I mean, uh, I enjoyed it. That was, uh, I think he calls that the missing piece to millions. I really enjoyed that, that, that program. And then he said, by the way, uh, I have a, uh, you can buy a turning point ticket that's going to be taking place in two weeks. uh, And it's a three-day event. And I said, I have to learn from this guy. Mm -hmm. I I love the show. I love what he was teaching. I have to buy his uh, turning point. Mind you, I was there for real estate and and looking for real estate, you know, people, although I was, I I don't know if you've ever been to one of those, except. It's all kinds of people. You had Pitbull, right. you had Sylvester Stallone, different types of um, speakers. Um, and so I went to a turning point and I was like, wow, I was blown away. And I'm like, I need to learn more from this guy. And so then I bought into his mastermind uh, inner circle. And then since then I've been working with, with the guy and I've been learning a lot from, from him and, and now I work with him. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mar- Marshall's a uh, right. great friend and, 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 um, just he's hilarious too. Like this is a dude. He's just a a fun guy to hang with. Um, and to your point around the, the, those events. So I, as I'm a real estate investor as well, and, um, but what we know is, and I, I speak at real estate events all the time is that the technique of real estate is pretty simple. Like you know, if you just go through it, it's it's really a numbers game. You find the the one that you like. If you like flipping or buying holds, or if you want to do you know multis. If you're like, it really doesn't matter what specifically you're doing. There is a formula to doing it. Where, excuse me, where the magic is is the mindset. It's that it's simple. It's just not easy. There's a lot of emotions tied around it. There's a lot of fears that could be around it. You've got to your point, you know, there are people who lost everything in, in, in 08 and 09, and they never went back because that fear is still there. It's still there. It's like, they've got PTSD from it. And they're like, I'm not going back down that path. So that's why at those events, you'll always see Marshall and Tony and, you know, Sylvester Sloan, Pipple, all these other people sharing their mindset on how to be successful, i.e. the real deal on success. Mm-hmm. The, the What happens is, is you find out that you are your most important asset in your business, you need to take personal responsibility, you need to recognize the fears when they come up and Maybe they're not fear, maybe it's stress or trepidation or what have you, but by being in an environment of personal growth, of personal development, you then become the person necessary to achieve, to go after, to uh, break through, to overcome, to work around all of the obstacles that are going to be there, because that's just life, right? I mean, that's, I think, the sad truth that maybe you've experienced this as well, there are some people who almost have an expectation that things should be easy, and that you know that someone should hand it to them, that there's like, you know, well, because you know and just because I deserve it. right. yeah. yeah, and you know we all and and it also, I think maybe and and maybe it's more this, maybe it's not just uh, uh, that in level of entitlement. As much as it's taking it for granted when you have it,
1: I, I think so too. And 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 part of that, you know, uh, seeing it, a lot of people do feel entitled to that. I should have this. I should have that. And I forget who said this. And it's like everybody wants the goal, yet nobody's willing to work for it, right? And so you gotta be able to put in the the, the hard work. You gotta be able to put in the. Uh, uh, the, the hours and the time and all that stuff. And, and I know when I was doing corporate America, I would come home and instead of sitting on the couch, I was working on my real estate business and I was doing mm-hmm. that. And I, and again, once I felt like I was in, in a level where I can leave my job, that's when I decided to do it. And don't get me wrong, since then to now, I still had a lot of ups and downs and I had to reinvent myself. And I lost a lot of money in real estate, just like many people have. Um, and and I've made money. you know, it's, it's one of those things. And, and so it's not an easy... Let me take, let me take it back. It's easy. It's just different, right? It's it's a lot different how you go about it. And I do agree with you. I think that anybody can teach you the, 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 to-dos, the, the, the principles, the, the um, here's how you complete property, whatever that might be. It's the mindset though, that if you don't have that, it doesn't matter what I teach you, you're not going to get it right. Yeah. You're going to give up when you first make that call and somebody says, no, I'm not going to sell you my house or, or you pick up the phone and they, they curse you out and tell you you're this and that. And I've gone through all of that, or they hang up on you and you're like, now you feel like they were doing it directly to you when they were not really doing it directly to you. Right. You have to have that mindset for sure.
0: Yeah. So when you, how did your life start changing when you started diving deeper into that personal development and, you know, obviously Marshall teaches a lot of, you know, hypnosis and NLP and it's all about, you know, certainty. Right. Right. And and that's a, that's a state, right. It's all that state of confidence and certainty and belief in yourself. What started to shift for you when you started in, you know, immersing yourself in that environment?
1: Yeah, I think for me, um, couple of things. Number one, I started seeing things differently. I start seeing things from a different point of view. Uh, and and what I mean by that is that um, you have one view of a, a particular aspect, right? And, and kind of, and I think Marshall talks about this too. It's like, you know, we can have the same situation and the victim is going to see this, like, I cannot do this, I'm a failure, so on and so forth. The victor is going to see this, how can I make this happen, right? And you start think, seeing things from a different perspective, Start, you start thinking differently than, I guess, the common person will, will look at it instead of giving up. And, and I think when you start looking at it from that perspective, you have more options. And so for me now, it's like if I have something that I really want to do is like, who can I talk to? Who can I reach, to, reach out to? Um, what do I have available right now in front of me that can help me make this happen? How can I make that happen? Versus before, is like, well, I don't have the means. I don't have the means to do this. I'm afraid, uh, whatever the, the case may be. And so I've learned through, through the process that I cannot allow the fear to take away the opportunity that's in front of me, even if the opportunity is not in a shiny object or it looks ugly, because a lot of times it does, right? The opportunity is not, it's not pretty, unfortunately. Sometimes it's not. And those opportunities come, and they go by so fast and we got to be able to, to see that opportunity and take it even if you're fearful. And so that's, that's the one thing, right? Um, the, uh, the other thing is I think part of it is just really hanging around with different people. Like I think that's huge in terms of that self-development and doing things differently. I feel more confident uh, for sure if I'm hanging around with the people that have this state of mind of success or doing more not settling in versus hey let's go out to the bar and drink every day or let's go out and watch a game and i'm not saying there's something wrong with that i'm just saying every day there's something wrong with that right. Yeah. right and so there's a different state of mind for that and so for me we're talking about this right before we, we joined this i was at, at the uh, at the event this past weekend with Marshall silver and in, in three days i missed that it was it was pretty good i i I connected with a lot of different people, some real estate investors, some people that might want to jump on my next book. Like I did a lot of connections and that brings me joy. And so to me, that's that's huge. Um, I also believe that you're going to end up losing people through your journey, right? And, and you know, I think it was Les Brown again. He said um, it gets lonely on the top because it's the bottom that's overcrowded. And it's true. As you're going up, yeah, there's... A lot less people, yet the people that are there are the people that really count. At the bottom, you can find so many different pigeons, but there's only so so many different eagles.
0: Yeah, eagles don't soar with pigeons unless they're eating them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, and you know, it's so true. I mean, I've got a thing called the mentor mind, which is essentially a mastermind for that very purpose, right? Bringing people in who their purpose is to learn, to grow and serve, to add value. Mm -hmm. So just like when you go to these events, you're meeting people who are flying the Eagles, right? They're up here, they're committed, they're willing to do whatever it takes. They don't have a mindset of gimme, gimme, gimme. It's like, how can I add, add, add? How can I serve? I'm feeding myself so that I can... Return. I've never been to an event in the personal development space that adding value, that contributing to helping others wasn't ultimately the primary mission. Mm-hmm. And that the the idea is that all personal development events, and, and there's only so many ways you draw square, right? We're all kind of sharing very similar stuff, is the idea of, you know, you put the mask on yourself first so that you can put the mask on your, you know, the person you're with and so forth. And I, I, I see so many challenges around people buying into that because like you shared, now we have all the people down there, all the pigeons and they get connection, right? So then they're like, you know, Oh, easy for that guy. Huh? You know, and then they just, they commiserate with each other because it's easier to do that right. than to step out because what will happen is I'm and you shared it, you, you've lost some friends I'm sure because of your level of success, Mm-hmm. not because of your political stance, not because of your past, not because of that, but because you're doing stuff and, and they may blame other stuff. Right. But the truth is it's, they don't feel connected anymore because they aren't on the same train as you. They are not out there, you know, getting the results, doing whatever it takes, raising your standards and they go, Oh, that's going to be uncomfortable. That's going to be all that. And I mean, we see it all the time. And, and, again, the purpose, the reason why I do this and have these conversations is to show people that it wasn't an overnight success. It wasn't, you you didn't get this because you were entitled to it. Your success is not because you're entitled other than you are enjoying the positive consequences of all the other decisions and the hard work and the tough choices that you had to make in order to have the success that you have now. Yeah. And I mean, I wish people and I'll give you a great example. And maybe we I don't know if we talked about it when I was on your show, but. As an example, I'm sure you've seen this like right now, I don't know how many people are, are tuned in or watching this because we're not going F this guy, screw that guy and all this. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. right? We're, we're talking about like, hey, let's, you know, let's show you how. You can improve your life by being a leader, by moving from victim to victor, from warrior to warrior. And yet, like Tony Robbins, years ago, he had a show called Breakthrough. Do you remember? I don't know if you knew about this. Yeah. Aired twice. Mm -hmm. No one tuned in. Why? Why? Because it wasn't full of drama. It wasn't full of pain. It was like a positive message. It was like, hey, you know, anything's possible. Well, if, you, if more people are showing what's possible, all the people who are going, that's impossible, gimme, 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 don't have that anymore. So, of course, they're not going to tune in because they're going to be reminded of the fact that they're not doing what they need to do. They're too busy blaming and playing a victim. And, you know, well, it's the economy, it's the government, it's the this, it's the that. And then they hang around in a vacuum of people who are going, yeah, that's right. What advice do you have? And and, or, and do you th- see it differently? And if so, what's your thought on that? And then what advice would you have for someone who is perhaps at one of those stages that you were in where you could have gone down a case of the efforts, you've lost everything. You lost everything in 08. You lost everything potentially when, you know, you uh, came in, um, you know, uh, after the, your incident. Uh, And I'm sure there are plenty of other uh, situations where you've had to, you know, get out of your own way. What advice would you have for someone right now who is ready to uh, start changing their life and move from victim to victor?
1: Yeah, so that definitely the, the first thing is realizing, and, and it reminds me of, of, of everything you're talking about. It reminds me of the drama cycle, right? And, and and in the drama cycle, we have the perpetrator, we have the rescuer, and we have the victim. At any given point, uh, 95 or 99% of the people are in one of those different categories. We're, we're either the victim or the perpetrator or... Um, we're the rescuer. We're rescuing somebody. And so first, I think you got to realize where, where are you in that drama cycle and how much longer do you want to be in that drama cycle? And, and what I mean by that is that you got to be able to step out of that. Don't be the victim. Don't be the uh, rescuer. Don't be the perpetrator. You got to be, I, I was every one of those things. You know, uh, I was the perpetrator when I landed in, in, in jail. I've been the victim of, or, 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 or you know, when I'm like, why me? Why me? Why did this have to happen to me? Why did, why did I have to have, by the way, I, I think when I, I took my my leap of faith, uh, I was uh, a couple of years back, never ha- had I experienced anxiety or panic, panic, panic attacks ever in my life. And I think part of that is because of the transition. And at one point I'm thinking to myself, why me? I'm trying to do good things. One of my worst panic attacks that I've ever had in my life, it was New Year's. Uh, 2008, uh, sorry, 2018 uh, or 19, 2019, and I was actually serving the homeless. And in the middle of that, my world came down, and I was I, I ended up in the ER. And I'm thinking to myself, why me? I'm trying to do good here. I'm not doing nothing bad. Why me? I was a victim, right? We all go through that. And and so I think realizing where you fall in into that, and realizing that you don't want to be part of that anymore. You got to be able to start changing the, the framing and the way you see things and step out of the drama cycle and see it from the outside point of view. And so um, I think the first thing is, again, going back to what we talked about is taking for responsibility, accepting whatever that may be t- acknowledge, acknowledge whatever is taking place and accepting that for things to change, you have to change. So you have to see what do I need to change in, 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 in whatever I'm going through? whether it's a business, whether it's a relationship, whether it's, uh, you know, my personal development, what did I need to do to become 1% better? I, I always tell myself that I'm trying to become 1% better than who I was yesterday. And, and, and so I have different habits that I do to help me with that. And, and a lot of it is really just what we're talking about, being grateful, being accepting, uh, you know, what I did yesterday and realizing that tomorrow's going to be a better day. I, I wake up today every day and I said, you know what, today's going to be a great day. I already started my day with intentions and realizing that and working through that and saying, you know what, I, I don't want to be a victim. I don't want to be a, a perpetrator. I don't want to be a rescuer. I don't, want, I don't want to disable people. If anything, I'm going to enable them. I'm, I'm going to empower people, which is different than rescuing people. I want to empower people in by giving them the tools or the opportunity to have a, a better life. And so um, I guess my best relationship advice is make sure that you're not cheating on your future with your past. A lot of people get hung up on the past and uh, unfortunately, that is gone. Again, it is a experience. It is an educational experience. You have to extract the lessons so that you can focus on the now, today, the moment, right now, it counts. And then plan for the future. Don't live on the future, though. Plan for the future based on that. Except, again, a lot of people are cheering on their future with their past because they're living in the past.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that also we w- w- may notice is the idea of rescuing sounds somewhat attractive to some, like someone would go, well, okay, like if I'm going to be any of those three, I'm at least going to be a rescuer. But the challenge with that, as opposed to your distinction, is that oftentimes people who are rescuing in the name of rescuing become a new perpetrator. And in order to then... Think that someone needs to be rescued you have to then be a victim of the reason why you want to rescue is because you're being victimized by whatever situation is and that your role that you have some role of victimhood you're attached to that victimization and then you go out and perpetrate the people who victimized and that's that cycle and i think that we need to really step outside of that like to your point because um, this is how the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Someone thinks they're going in, I'm only helping. Right. And what they're doing is, is they're cutting someone else down rather than empowering them and, you know, helping them realize that they can solve and they take their own personal responsibility, solve their own problems, as opposed to blame, continuing to blame or trying to stop someone else from creating that environment. Well, no, 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 no. Step back. Like you, you you know, that's a choice too. So mm-hmm. there's such a, an interesting conversation around that because, and, and this is where maybe I, this is where, when I think taking God out of the conversation, taking morals out of the conversation, taking all of that is where it's had a problem because I think that, you know, whether, whatever you're this isn't a religion conversation, but there are some lessons in there. Like what teach a man to fish, Mm-hmm. feed them for life give them a fish now they're going to be going hey where's my next fish and there are valuable lessons when we when we it seems like a lot of these conversations about taking whether it be god or um capitalism or whatever is basically taking out personal responsibility and putting in a form of reliance and entitlement and absolving people of personal responsibility and you know it's i'm you know i I don't know the the answer other than if people would you know continue to do their own personal growth be and accept possibility rather than expect you know someone to solve their problems
1: right and and part of that too is like again you gotta be able to to realize that you are here for a purpose. We all have a purpose. And, 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 and it might take, you know, a year, two, 10 years to find that purpose. My, my point to that is that, again, not, not, not a, a religious conversation, except, you know, whether you believe in God or, or the universe or that greater power, whatever that might be for you, um, realize that the fact that you're listening to this right now, that you're watching us, you're getting this message, there's a purpose. That bigger power Is not done with you, which means that you still have an opportunity to make a shift, to make that change, to pivot, to have your turning point, to have something that can help you in your journey, right? And and, and again, a lot of times we take that for granted. Uh, There's a few things that I believe come to us at zero cost and we underutilize them. Number one is our brain, our, 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 our mind is so powerful. It can make us or it can break us right? Um, uh, the other thing is, is uh, time. Um, we, we feel like, you know, I know for, for me, when I was in my 20s, I'm like, oh, I have plenty of time. Well, as I'm getting older, I'm like, no, I don't have plenty of time. I got to make the best of today, because we are here today, and we are gone tomorrow. And so again, when you start looking at it, for, when you start looking at life from a different perspective, I think there's so many different opportunities that, that, that are going to come into your life. And and so again, going back to the mind and one of the books that I talk about is you can overcome anything when you exercise the mind. And is that, uh, what are, what kind of programs, what are you doing? What are, what are you feeding your mind, uh, to be able to help you in that journey? Right. And so when you start taking those things that came to you at zero cost, you can definitely make a lot of different headway in your life.
0: Amen, brother. So, with that being said, what are you working on now? How can people connect with you? What is the uh, the opportunity to uh, work more with uh, with Caesar? Yeah, definitely. So, um, right now I'm I'm working. I have
1: a a, a plan of doing two more books be, uh, before the end of the year. Uh, so I'm working on that. And so anybody that wants to become a published author on in either on in their own, I can definitely help them with that. Or if they want to be uh, a, a they want to collaborate on one of my books again, their best international, best international seller. They can also do that. Um, and then obviously I'm very active on the real estate and also on the mine and, and, and life coaching, uh, or, you know, as you know, networking events. So anyone that mm-hmm. wants any of that, they can definitely reach out to me. And the best way that people can get a hold of me is, um, through my name, Cesar R Espino, uh, on either Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn or my website is caesarrespino.com make sure you put the r in the middle because if you just put caesar espino it's somebody else
0: and it's caesar without an a it's just c-e-s-a-r s-a-r cool i'll I'll put all that in the uh in the comments and and everywhere so when they uh when anyone is if you're watching listening to this it's in the the comment section to uh connect with caesar uh so dude any final thoughts before we let you go on to the rest of your busy day I would say whatever it is that you're going through, um,
1: again, going back to just take some time to to surrender, take some time to realize it, take, take some time to acknowledge that and then just take some action on making uh, your your yourself one percent better than who you were yesterday and just keep going back to that idea and, and, and creating some habits Tony Robbins refers to them as rituals having some rituals that are going to help you really step out of your comfort zone because we're growing we we grow on pain and we grow when we're going in in our uncomfort.
0: Love it, brother. Well, thank you so much for sharing your most valuable asset, your time, your wisdom, and your energy. Uh, I love you for who you are and who you aren't. I look forward to more rock with you in the future.
1: Yes, thank you so much, Doug.
0: All right, God bless you. we will talk to you soon. Bye. Peace. Thank you so much for stopping by and hanging with us and remember to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast right here and we look forward to serving you even more remember download your free guided hypnotic meditation at guidedhypnotic.com that's guidedhypnotic.com where you'll get your free anxiety busting meditation We look forward to serving you, and if you have any questions, comments, please feel free to reach out. All right, we love you for who you are and who you aren't. God bless.